0: This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting
1: holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning
2: for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart.
0: No, he's going to break you. Self esteem that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like when you say, I I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is.
2: Give us a man who know the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to your God, that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit.
0: What's wrong with you people?
1: What up, Pipe Master? What is happening, fellas? How are you, man? How is life? Oh,
0: stressful right just, now, man. I gotta be honest. Really, it's stressful. Oh, why is that? Uh, I, I can't really get into it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's uh, that, that that's
0: kind of. It, I know it's cryptic, and uh, for that I apologize. But it's uh, yeah, it's there's just a lot going on.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry,
0: Drew. I am loving that hat. That's what I, I said, heard. man. I got, I got to get me some of that. That's, yes. that's good stuff. So right there, you guys right? can't see it, but Drew is wearing a hat that on mm-hmm. the front of it says 1689. Oh,
2: so missionaware.com. Nice. Check it out. Got to do it. There you go, man. Got to do it. Love it, love it.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to kick it off by saying. Hey there, Pipe Master. And then good synth. And then mine's honest wires. I have no idea why. Do you guys not put your name in? So when I it just, comes up, I just forgot for your name. To. So it, like gonna... it'll
1: it will assign you a name if you don't do it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what's happening.
0: Let's see. What what should I what should I name myself?
2: I don't know. Whatever you want.
1: How about it's complicated? It's co- yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's complicated
2: it's complicated. you know i feel like i feel like all of us we have really good stories but we can't tell them
1: yeah Yeah. that's true if i told half the stories that i want to tell like
2: yeah that'd be bad yeah well
0: and you asked you know how everybody's doing and yeah i i i don't want to tell this story yeah about how i'm doing uh online anyway i'll tell you offline but
2: i'm not going to tell you online That's fair. (laughs) So, Uh, what are we talking about today?
1: Don't ask me. I just showed up. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here for the pipes, man. I'm just here for the pipes. Sorry, I'm I'm (laughs) I'm
2: distracted right now. And how good this smells. We are talking about altar calls, or the the you could say the invitational system, or. Uh, decisional regeneration The anxious seat is what Charles Finney called it <laughs> The right, anxious yeah. seat <laughs> It was This altar calls Is uh re, They really originated At the, the latter part of the Second great awakening And they were developed by Charles Finney That's with right. the anxious Bench or the anxious seat The anxious seat and the mourner's bench yeah, Is what it yeah, was Yeah And for those of you that don't know what that was, is he kept a clear, uh, 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 an empty bench uh, up front for those who had troubled souls and they could come down and uh, uh, they could be preached at harder to uh they could re they can.
1: what is so funny well it's like i, I love this
0: I, and again i wish people could see this because here's here's this guy here's drew talking about the history of the invitation system in the 1820s and 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 just digging into this and then josh is just bringing up this pipe and there you heard the lighter and, uh, and he's just going to town, you know, uh, and <laughs> like
2: so, <a> <laughs> so from that, a proper Southern gentleman living in the North. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right.
2: That's right. We sprang up all over the place. It's all right. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> starting with Charles Finney, the altar call uh, really has made its uh, it's a staple today in, in many churches, yeah. more specifically uh, Baptist churches, right. especially ones here in the South. Uh, and so much so that if your church does not have an altar call, uh, people get a little suspicious
0: yeah. uh, of your church. Yeah. A couple of things to note, um, you know, when when this orig- this didn't originate until the 1820s. Um, you know, and it, and it led to massive amounts of, of controversy, uh, and, and, and many in reformed circles ended up condemning the practice, um, uh, when, when it originated. Um, and you don't see any evidence of this happening in the new Testament at all. And here's why, uh, because they trusted in the Holy spirit and the power of the proclamation of the gospel and the word of God. Um and 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 I'll say this, I've done this. Um, I've I've responded to altar calls. I have um when giving gospel presentations, um, I remember when I was doing youth ministry years ago, um felt compare, compelled to share the gospel one night with a group of students. Um and uh and this was right around the time the passion of the Christ uh had hit theaters. And, um, and, and I also, after seeing that I was intrigued from a historical standpoint of the history of crucifixions. Um, and truly, um, when I gave the gospel that night, I I really got into detail all that Christ went through, um, on behalf of those whom he saves and, and did ask, um, those students, I don't remember how many students were there. I, I don't remember how many responded, but did ask them to respond publicly, uh, if they wanted to uh, respond to the, the, to the Lord's call of their life to, to put their faith in him as Lord and savior. So, and I think, I don't know about, about, uh, Josh, but AG and I were both shaking our heads. Yes. That we've both done it and we've been involved mm-hmm. in it. Um, oh, yeah. you know, so, so I, I'm, I'm putting that out there to say for, uh, for those who may say here, they go again, uh, <laughs> with, with attacking, we're not attacking anything. We're just talking about this. We're talking about this practice. We're talking about it from a biblical point of view. Um and just want to put that out there that I have done this. I have responded mm-hmm. to this sitting in the pew. I've 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 called for this when preaching, uh leading worship, etc. Um, so yeah. So I just didn't wanted to interject mm-hmm. that real quick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yes, I have responded to altar calls as well. In fact, uh the person who led me to Christ um, is now the senior pastor of, of the church I used to go to. Uh, he was the youth pastor then he's senior pastor now. And, uh, upon my getting saved, it was, uh, I responded to an altar call and this is really what happened. Uh, I went down and, uh, I told the pastor that I just wanted to confess sin, right? And then he, he said, so are you making a public confession of faith? And I said, and, and okay, like I'm, I'm like 16 years old. I don't know anything. And so I go, I guess so. Sure. So they sit me on the front bench and then a Deacon comes up with a card that I fill out. And then they bring me up and say, Drew's just made a public confession of faith. And, you know, we want to welcome him as our new brother in Christ. And and really, when you get into digging, digging into the altar call system, the invitational system, what it was, was a way to secure immediate responses uh to the preaching so that they could say this many people got saved at this time and it becomes a numbers game right it's a way for people to measure for for a pastor to say i've got so many notches under my belt because we had so many people respond to the altar call and, and give their life to christ right well the problem with that is oftentimes altar calls lead to false conversions. Right. Because it wasn't until years later that I realized I wasn't really converted. The Holy Spirit really didn't convict my heart of sin and bring me to repentance.
0: Well, yeah, and, and, and kind of reading uh, reading up on this this week and, and personal studies, Martin Lloyd-Jones had a lot to say about it. Um, Uh, And he says that when you, when you introduce this element, you're bringing in a psychological element to it. And, and, Mm -hmm. and his, uh, his thought on this was the invitation is the message. That's right. And, and, and he stated, he said, quote, we believe the spirit applies the message. So we trust in the power of the spirit, close quote. We're not here, uh, you know, and, and then I, I wrote this down in my notes. We're not here to entertain the goats, but to preach the gospel. Um, right. and what's dangerous about this, um, uh, it, is it, it's people coming forward before they're ready. Um, mm-hmm. and again, again, if we, if we believe in the sufficiency of scripture and the power of the Holy spirit, he convicts, converts, and he does the work. Salvation is his work. Um, and then when people do come forward too early, there is false professions of faith. Um, uh, it, it, what you end up happening is false assurance of hope um, that you've given people that may not really, uh, possess the faith that they profess. And then you end up seeing apostasy, um, mm-hmm. public apostasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that, that's not good. That's not, I mean, when you read the great awakening, when you read what was happening in the 1740s with, uh, Jonathan Edwards and George Whitefield, one of the, the, the big things there. And I've mentioned this in the last few episodes the when Jonathan Edwards preached his his infamous sermon, uh, "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," um, people and Josh mentioned it, in and, and, and in response to this, people were bewailing their sin. Uh, Joseph Tracy says in the Great Awakening, they were crying out, they were they were lamenting. I mean, he had to stop preaching uh, because of that. I mean, just imagine being in uh, in a church service and people just being so broken and grieved over their own sin that they that they do this. But when you read that book, a lot of The uh, the Presbyterian pastors and ministers, what they were doing is that they would would purposely spend time with these people that were professing faith to assure there was evidence of their Mm -hmm. salvation, that they possessed the faith and the religion that they claimed that they possessed. And if they didn't, they rejected them and Mm -hmm. told them, you're not there. Uh, and then later on, fast forward, as you keep reading the great awakening, there was a big issue with Gilbert Tennant, um, who, who preached some hardcore sermons against unconverted ministers. Um, and, and again, the false profession, um, and and then these, these ministers of course are leading people astray, giving people false assurance of hope, falling away from, from holding fast to the sufficiency of scripture, the doctrine of the sufficiency of scripture. Um, in and through their lives and so this is something that it is to be taken seriously um, so
1: yeah well and we've all known people who base their salvation off of something they did at a bible camp or something mm-hmm. they did at a youth group yeah. right and you ask them you know why why do you think you're saved and they say oh well you know they they had an altar call I, I went up and I, I came raised forward. my hand or I came forward and stuff like that and yeah it's <sighs> I've 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 heard that used more times as that event being the assurance of their salvation mm-hmm. instead of the sufficiency of Christ's power. Hmm. Right. Mm. So many people will look to the event itself as the, this is, this is how I know I'm safe. Cause I, am right. saved because i because I did this. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's always, it's always, you know, how do you know you're safe? Well, I, you know, I went forward, you know, I,
2: I did mm, that. Yeah. That's a yeah. work.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Salvation is not of works. It's not something you do. It's not because of something you do. Right. So it's very dangerous. I think altar calls, um, at least most of the ones, most, if not all the ones I've seen, uh, it's setting people up to have just kind of a false sense of mm-hmm. a false sense of assurance, a false sense of salvation, yeah. uh, because it's not based on truth and to, to go back, you know, it, you know, what, uh, I forget who who you said said it, but but if we're if we're preaching a correct gospel, the invitation is in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, Lloyd right. Jones, right? Jones, right? Yeah, awesome. I love I love me some Lloyd Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 he's true. If we're preaching a full gospel, meaning a complete gospel, mm-hmm. meaning the work of Christ, repentance, mm-hmm. forgiveness found in Christ alone, grace, faith, all that. If we're preaching that, the response required is in the gospel: repent mm-hmm. and believe. That's right. I'm one of the main reasons I'm not a fan of altar calls is because I don't think we need anything more than that. Anything that we do on top of that, I feel as if (laughs) that's ironic. I use the word feel, but I feel (laughs) and I, and I believe that it is emotional manipulation.
2: Yes. Well, it is.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Look at at the Puritans. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So,
0: so, you know, King James, uh, the first, he called the Puritans and I texted you guys this the other day, but uh, a Protestant straight out of his wits. Um, and, and that's what they were concerned with. They were concerned with the false, uh, false professions. Look at, and look at what we're seeing today, mm-hmm. right? With a p- very public apostasy of Josh Harris and Marty Sampson. I mean, look at their insta. look at Marty's Instagram page. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking.
2: Yeah. Um, to what's s- really heartbreaking. Oh my God. And, and I talked to you guys about it is, uh, this is a guy that claims to be looking for answers. Oh yeah. No. But what he did was he deactivated the comments on his Instagram and the comments on his Instagram, people were giving him him the
0: answers. Yeah.
2: Well, not just the answers, but they were directing him to good sources where he could get the answers to these, these questions he was asking and the sources that he's looking at now that he posts on his Instagram and stuff they're not good sources. They're not reliable sources. They're sources that are going to give him the answers he wants. Exactly.
0: Well, and going back to agreed, uh, AG, and going back to something, Josh, you said, uh, and again, going back to Lloyd-Jones, that the the invitations in the message and, and we, you know, we, we did a whole, most of a, we're, we're going to wrap up Romans 1, uh, I think next week, but, um, Romans 1, 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then if you flip to Romans 10, uh, Romans 10 and verses eight through 17, you see, but what uh, this is again, Paul, uh, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which you, we are preaching that if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation for the scripture says whoever believes in him will not be disappointed mm-hmm. um oh keep going first of all, uh for there is no distinction between jew and greek for the same lord is lord of all abounding in riches for all who call on him For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful the feet of those who bring the good news uh, of good things. So faith comes by hearing ultimately in, in verse 17, the gospel, the gospel, the word of God, it the sufficiency of scripture. So when Paul says in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, the word word there in the Greek is Rhema, and that meaning that, that means instruction, command of speech. Okay. And, and it's expressed with concern. Um, and it's just interesting to me um, to see the lack of biblical preaching, the seeker sensitive, entertainment driven mm-hmm. churches. And, and I agree with Dr. Lawson, give us some men who know the truth and will preach the truth and preach the word of God. Um, you know, and, and I mean, that, that's the bottom line. I, I think the practice of altar calls, um, for the most part, it may not be true for every person again, but it shows a lack of confidence in, in the work of the word. Or mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, uh, and it really uncovers. I mean, if we're being honest, and, and this is this 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 is just as much for me as it is for everybody else, it uncovers our laziness in our study and ability to preach the gospel.
2: Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, because... that goes for me too. Uh, and, and I mean, J- Josh touched on it as well. Is it's a manipulation? It's a playing on the emotions because what yeah. happens? What what happens during the altar call? Right. The, the light, the music's playing. The lights may dim a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, Just as, they,
0: as I am without. Yeah, they're, they're creating.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're creating <laughs> an atmosphere for people. To come thousand down. reasons
1: for my heart to. Oh.
2: <laughs> 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 I can't stand it. I can't stand
1: it. Call me a crotchety old man. I can't stand it. I can't stand these new fangled hymns in their songs when we're hymns not good enough. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I mean, you're right. right it, though it is. It, it's very emotional.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When, when you create the atmosphere that uh, plays on the emotions you are you're gonna arrive at a false conversion and these people that come down and not not all of them okay there are some who are genuinely coming yeah, down absolutely being saved so just to clear that up not every single one we're saying is a false conversion right but more often than not it is because what happens? The person they come down they comes down, they make a quote unquote profession of faith, and then what do they do? They go right back to living the exact life they were they were living before until they come to some conference or something like that where the emotions get stirred again. And then what do they do? They come down and they make a rededication and then their life right. just becomes one of rededication over and over again. Well, I'm sorry to say, if you're having to rededicate yourself 20 times over a year, you probably weren't saved to begin with. Right. Because the the initial coming and submitting of your life to Christ is going to uh, produce a life that genuinely seeks after Christ and seeks to Mm. fulfill God's will. It's going to be a continual dying to self, not not a making a profession, leaving to live however I want, and then coming back to rededicate myself.
1: Right. Well, and that's what happens to when, when we are making a decision based on emotion, right? We've already stated all, altar calls are meant, they are designed in function to stir mm-hmm. the emotions and to be an, right. an, an emotional experience. Right? right. And, um, not to say that being converted and hearing the gospel is unemotional. It should be one of the most emotional yes. things that's Absolutely. ever happened. Your your old man is has just been killed. That's right. And mm-hmm. you have been given Jesus. Like yes, your emotions need to be need to be there for sure. But it's not merely emotional. It's not where it starts. Right. It, no. It's, it's 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 in the mind. Is that that we will know. Mm -hmm. The truth. Not that we will feel the truth, right? In our mind, whether you're in counseling or whatever it is, our minds affect our emotions. That's how it Mm -hmm. works. Well, truth is presented
0: to the mind. The mind moves the heart and the heart moves the will.
2: There you go.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And the problem with altar calls is that it is... Designed in a way in its function to appeal strictly to the emotions and not the intellect, not the knowledge of what is it that I am doing? What is it that I am saying? Mm -hmm. And when it's just emotions, when the emotions are gone and you don't have that emotional high, right? uh, are right. There's, there's no substance there. There's no foundation, mm-hmm. right? So that's why that's the true. gospel needs, it needs to be foundational mm-hmm. in the mind. What do we know? And then the emotions follow from mm-hmm. that so that when the emotions are gone, because there's plenty of times in my life where I'm not emotional about the gospel. Like right. I go through dry spells where it mm-hmm. doesn't get me excited. Do I doubt my salvation? No, because I know, because that's I right. know that Jesus is good, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and what's, uh, I think that goes back to uh, something drew you were, you know, I mean, you were saying uh, that all altar calls um, and people who respond to all, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Like, and isn't it beautiful that the Lord can use something uh, that was extremely controversial and does show mm-hmm. um, that really that, that, that lack of confidence in the work of the word and, and the, the the Holy Spirit's ability to, uh, to, to, to stir, to regenerate, to save, but the Lord can use that. Right, but but your responsibility or your pastor's responsibility should be to make sure, yes, to verify um, that that truly the work of the word, uh, the proclamation of the gospel. So your truth, the truth of the the whole gospel that you've heard. has been presented to your mind. You understand it. You can articulate it. That has moved your heart and that will move your will and your desires will now become his desires. You will seek out holiness. You will seek out sanctification. You will seek out growth in Christ. Um, and, And not just blanketly go, hey, we had 37 professions of faith today without even talking to one of them. Right.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I know I know quite a few uh, people on, you know, that are that are more in the elderly camp that when that have been walking with the Lord, that are very, very gracious, loving Christians that I want to be like. And they were saved at a Billy Graham crusade. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they were saved. Listen to Billy Graham and he called people forward and thousands of people went forward and they were one of them and they're still walking with the Lord today. Absolutely. Right. I would just I would just probably. Say that they were. This might be controversial, but I I would say they were saved in spite of the altar call.
2: That's right. That's and, what and, I. Would and we say. would we would say the same thing about those who are saved that still sit in a Joel Osteen church mm-hmm. or in a, even in a Roman Catholic church. Right. Because there are people who are saved that do sit in a Roman Catholic church.
0: Well, look anywhere that the if the gospel in its entirety is presented.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: The Lord can use that. That's right. He can, yeah. and He does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it might be kind of interesting uh, to just look at what Scripture says about the word invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not going to be an exhaustive list, um, but there were just a few things that I I, I just pulled up and thought thought it was interesting. So or as and we see it as early as Genesis six, you know, God calls Noah and his family to be spared from His wrath. Right? That's an invitation of the Lord. Uh build the ark. You eight people out of the entire earth are saved. Um, you know, Isaiah 55, let me pull it up real quick. And I did not bring my RL Allen New American Standard Bible tonight, but I am using the literal word app. And if you do not have that, search for it anywhere you get your applications. It's amazing. So Isaiah 55 1 says this it says, Ho. Drink up mihati Joho. Sorry. It made me think about
2: that. <laughs> drink up, drink up Mihaati Joho. <laughs> <laughs> um so ho, oh, everyone who wow.
0: thirsts, come to the waters. And you have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. So uh just again, not exhaustive, but go to Matthew. Uh one second. Let me get to Matthew. Matthew eleven. 28 says come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest mm-hmm. um and i'll just just for sake of time i'll just give you guys a listen if you want to write this down uh, mark 117 matthew 10 32-33 through 33. Uh, i already read romans 10 13. God, the bottom line is god calls sinners to himself and it's not something that can be created or manufactured right mm-hmm. ag you said that a minute ago about creating a moment, creating emotion—it's um, it, that's not our role. That's not right. the role of the worship leader. That's not the role of the pastor. Is to create a moment. You are not responsible for that. Um, uh, Another—I mean, John six forty-four, John six sixty-five. Um, you know, God—God God calls people to Himself through the proclamation of His Word. We are not in charge, like, as preachers or even as believers only whom who God, uh, God sovereignly calls can respond. You know, j- j- just ask Jesus into your heart. It isn't it. Um, and, and when you look at the, again, I'm gonna refer to the great awakening. I mean, one of the greatest enemies that Jonathan Edwards, George Whitefield, Gilbert Tennant talks about in that book is the enemy of Arminian theology. Mm-hmm. I mean, they flat out called it heresy in the great awakening. Um, as, as it's, as it can be seen as a works based salvation that, that ultimately the end result is up to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, here's here's the haunting question for me about, about altar calls and false professions and false conversions is how many people today, when they come before the Lord, Um, or how many people in our past heard Matthew sevens words away from me? I never knew you, you workers of iniquity and are today experiencing that eternal punishment separated from God in hell. How many with false assurance, how many that believed easy believism Mm -hmm. because, because of, of, of an altar call I'm good. I, I, I came forward. I'm saved. I'm in, um, and they're not. That's that's but haunting.
1: It is. It is, and I and I'm just kind of having this thought now. So it's formulating as it's coming out of my mouth, which is always very, very interesting. But uh, w- would you guys say that with that definition that you read earlier that that only God calls, only God's voice can be the one to call the sin effectually, the effectually, life? right? Correct. 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 Effectually, but with that truth as a presupposition wouldn't you say that altar calls then almost fall into the realm of either presumption or dangerous? Should we be calling people yet? Because yes, we give the gospel to everybody, right? Right, right. right. We give the gospel to everyone because we don't know who's saved. Right. Mm -hmm. But in order, but calling for a response to that and saying, you need to come up front if you think that you are saying, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like that, that somehow goes against it, even though mm-hmm. we are supposed to be calling people to repent and all people to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, I just question whether alter calls actually do that or if alter calls are just more looking for the people that are positive because we aren't com- calling the people up to reject it. <laughs> right? right. Right. We're obviously not doing right. that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I see those. I don't see those two things gelling together very well. Yeah. Huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I mean, and that goes back to what Lloyd Jones said, right? The message is, was, and is the invitation.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I, I mean, I mean, and, I mean. Dude, so to, in talking about that, the the message is the invitation, right? So the the preacher gives his message. But at the end, he gives the invitation to come up front, right? What's the invitation of the of the gospel? The invitation of the of the gospel is believe on Christ, die to yourself, right? Right. It's right. not nowhere do you see Christ saying, "Well, just come up front, right? Uh, just just make a public profession of faith, and then you'll be good, right? Right. You and then just go because I mean. R- and people will—they have verses that they use to try to uh, defend this position. They'll use um, where did I write it down at uh, Matthew four nineteen and Matthew nine nine, where Jesus is calling his disciples, says, "Follow me." Well, that's that's a little out of context for an altar call, all right. That's not the same thing. Right, he's calling them to leave their lives, which is what the invitation in the gospel does—calls you to leave your life, to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Christ. Yeah, um, they'll also use uh, Matthew ten thirty-two, where it's talking about acknowledging Christ before men. Well, that didn't exactly work out for Judas. Right. Really? You know, it's just because he acknowledged Christ. Right? right. But he didn't really believe he was he was the son of perdition and and he bet- betrayed Jesus. Right. So he he was seen following Christ. He was doing all the right moves, but mm-hmm. he wasn't actually changed. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, right. and that, that goes back to, again, again, the evidence of religion is yeah. what uh, Joseph Tracy calls it in, in the Great Awakening is uh, and, and again, we're not saved by works, but salvation produces works. Um, yes, th- correct. there there's evidence of that now. And, and AG going back to something you said, it, it is good to, to, to call people to repent. I mean, uh, Josh, you know, your man Spurgeon. He would, oh, yeah. he, he would say, quote, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is the devil's mm-hmm. day. He preached yeah. a sermon December 4th of 1864 entitled Now, where he said the word now, repeated it 173 times, urging people to cling to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. He said this. He said this in that sermon. As a sinner— I also address thee concerning this now. Now is the day of salvation. Thou needest it now. God is angry with thee now. Thou art condemned already. It is the torment of hell thou hast to dread only. But if thou hast thy senses, thou wouldst tremble at thy present state. Now without God. Now without hope. Now an alien from the commonwealth of Israel. Now dead in trespasses and sin. Now in danger of the wrath to come thou wantest a savior this morning young man Mm -hmm. that is a good example Mm -hmm. of preaching the whole gospel to people and urging them to repent now instead of as as josh by said in an article about this instead of priming the pump with one more verse of just as i am with with mood music (laughs) and a team of counselors to entice people to respond It's
1: medication for salvation instead of actual salvation. Right. Well, and and I don't like that. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. And I completely agree what Spurgeon did. That is completely appropriate. We need more of that. Yeah. Right. But there's a difference. And I, I personally, I think I draw the line between doing that and then saying, okay, now all of you who heard me come up and prove it. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, because that's honestly kind of what the altar call is like, like you're asking people, it's like here the, I have given you the gospel, uh, at least I hope it is a real gospel. Right. Uh, in, in In some churches. Right. And it's like, OK, now I want you to come up and show me that you've accepted it and show me that you believe it's like, well, maybe it's not going to happen right then right maybe it's going to take a day maybe it's going to take a week maybe it's going to take 50 years right and asking Mm -hmm. somebody come up and show and come up and show the world that you have believed in this Mm -hmm. um especially again like it's very important that we don't separate it with the way that altar calls are designed and function Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be very emotional right Mm -hmm. they are designed to draw an emotional response from people right um That's, that's not, that's not, that's not right. That's not, that's not good to do Mm -hmm. because you're just making somebody and forcing somebody, uh, to make an emotional decision. And if they're not ready or if they have questions or if they're, Mm -hmm. if they're, uh, if, if, you know, if, if they're not sure about something, Mm -hmm. if they're still trying to figure out the Lord is still convicting them. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Then they are in the crowd that didn't respond. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's, it sets up a very much kind of them, you know, us and them kind of mentality. And I just don't like the mentality of, and I get this when people get bap when people get, get baptized too, this mentality of, I'm going to stand up in front of everybody and tell everybody what I decided to do. Mm. I don't like that. And this might be the, 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 uh, The subtle Presbyterian side of me coming out. I'm not Presbyterian, but I'm very, very close. (laughs) Um, I don't like the way that, that modern, that most churches do baptism today and say, you know, come, you know, come watch this person be baptized. And, and as they make their, their public proclamation to follow Christ, I don't like that. that's not what baptism is. Mm -hmm. And baptism is a sign and a symbol of going down in death, being Mm -hmm. raised in life. It's supposed to point to Jesus Mm -hmm. and not point to the individual and their courage of standing up in front of people, making a proclamation. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's what it is. And that's what I feel an altar call is. That's what I feel a lot of baptism is. And it takes the focus away from Jesus, away Mm -hmm. from the gospel and puts it on the individual. Right. Right. Like, right. like, like Drew, your story. Look at Drew. Drew came up here. Look what Drew did. Drew's up here standing up there. Like, and that, like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the pastor. I don't know. I'm not making a judgment
2: calls. Like that's like, it was very focused on you.
1: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Um, And that's not what the gospel they, does. Because then every single person in the church gets up and walks around to the front and they shake your hand and give you a hug. Right 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 and mm-hmm. good job
1: well done yeah. well done it's like and yeah. it sets it up right that fellowship. you have done <laughs> you yeah know. right i prefer the backhand <laughs> of fellowship personally <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah it like when that's the mentality with mm-hmm. altar calls with baptisms mm-hmm. it sets up the individual to be getting a lot of pats on the back like yeah, well. oh yes you know very brave making your public proclamation mm-hmm. should we be making pro- public proclamations Absolutely. Definitely. That's essential of being a Christian. Well, Jesus said, if you, right? if you
0: deny me before my father, if you confess me before my father or, or or before men, I will confess you, but I will, you know what I'm trying to say. I can't right. think. Yeah.
1: Now. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's, we need to be doing that. But when it's in the, when it's in the, the realm of an altar call and certain, you know, certain baptisms, it's, it puts yeah. so much focus on the self, so much focus on the individual and the gospel actually begins to take the yeah. backstage.
2: Yeah. yeah. When, when you mentioned baptism, it reminded me of, uh, there's places that will set up baptism almost as an altar call in itself. And what they'll do is they will, they'll set aside a Sunday and that Sunday will just be devoted to baptism, right? They'll, they'll do worship beforehand and then they'll, uh, No one will be scheduled to be baptized. You know, you may have one or two that might be scheduled, but then the preacher will get up and he may say a couple words, nice inviting words, and then just you wait. If someone feels the quote unquote move of the spirit to get up and go to be baptized, well then what does that do that creates an emotional response to someone else in the congregation that, that now they're going to get up and do the same thing. And then afterwards, what is it? It's all about the person mm.
1: right?
2: all about. Now this is what uh, Lloyd Jones uh, in talking about revival. Uh, this is what he would say about revivals and talking about the invitational system. It was, uh, <clears throat> it, it was, it was, Preachers with the invitational system would get people to come up front just so that they could be uh, counted in number. But the real facts that he was looking at was that people who come up front and then later are added to the church. So so this is where the role of the pastor plays a uh, uh, a, a part here is those who make those say there are altar calls. Okay. If you're in a church that does an altar call and the role of the pastor at this point is to walk with that person, actually talk and meet with them about what just took place, pray with them, you know, go over the points of the gospel so that later once they've demonstrated that, yes, they have, in their profession of faith, it is actually true, well, they can be added to the church. It's not just a come up, uh, make this profession, sign this card, pray this prayer, and then we add you to our numbers right there. There has to be uh, fruit that comes comes from it so that we so that they can say yes this is actually true the spirit actually convicted you your heart is actually changed you don't desire the things that you did before and now we can actually add you to the church body Mm -hmm. and be counted among us
0: right
1: yeah 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 i think when yeah at the end of the day like all. It just seems to be pretty loosey-goosey and kind of just a loosey-goosey way of of viewing how the gospel convicts somebody and how salvation occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, can alter – I mean, here's an interesting question. Can an altar – and I don't know if you guys are going to bring this up, but can an altar call be biblical? Could we devise an altar call? You know, us three here brainstorming uh, in our makeup church, right? Is there a scenario – where the altar call could be done in a way that would be appropriate and biblical and actually beneficial to the gospel. What do you guys think? I would say yes. Okay, and right.
0: and elaborating on my answer, um, you know, if you are if you are preaching uh, the way that I, you know, the way that Spurgeon was preaching in that sermon now or the way that uh uh you know that edwards um edwards and sinners in the hands of an angry god if you're presenting the full of the gospel uh you know spurgeon said in his book the or or in the soul winner he said no sinner looks at the savior with a dry eye or a hard heart aim therefore at heartbreaking a at bringing home condemnation to the conscience and weaning the mind from sin be content till uh, be not content till the whole mind is deeply and vitally changed in reference to sin. So if you're doing that, mm. if you're doing that and then you extend an invitation, um, extend an invitation for uh, someone to come speak with an elder or you. Mm-hmm. as a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and you as a pastor, or you have a, an elder, a staff pastor, um, can spend some quality one-on-one time in counseling with this person and can affirm, uh, affirm that yes, the Lord has, has done a regenerative work in this person's life. And then the yeah. following week you want to celebrate that publicly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: go for it. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's what you were asking. Cause that's not really an altar quote-unquote air quotes altar call
1: right right but right I, right that, that that kind of kind of goes away but but yes i do, i have no problem with that i, th- I think that's actually very mm-hmm. appropriate um, but with what we're talking it, about i mean mm-hmm. well yeah. i mean even christ i mean christ come to me all that are weary right. mm-hmm. i will give you rest christ yeah. gives a quote-unquote invitation mm-hmm. now yes granted it comes from christ but in the gospel is an invitation repent and believe and come to christ right mm-hmm. right that we we are to preach that Right, so I guess the, the 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 yeah, I guess the difference is how does that work out in terms of logistics, if you will? Are you calling right. people up to you know the platform or the stage? And look at all these people that are here. Um, I I I prefer Chris. What what you said is just we have deacons and elders and people up here that would love to mm. talk to you. Please, if yeah, you have yeah. any questions you want to know more about this Jesus that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Come forward and yeah. we will and we will we will care for you. Yeah. Well,
2: and Lloyd-Jones said something interesting. Also, he was talking about the difference between an evangelistic campaign mm, and a revival. Yeah. And yeah. he said in an evangelistic campaign, you have to try to persuade people to come up front. Where in a revival. They come on their own.
1: Yeah, because in the first one, if nobody comes up, then it's a failing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, <laughs> well, right? It's like, right. well, th- th- that that didn't work. When you <laughs> but look, let's at, look
0: at when well, when you look at the downgrade, right? Josh, you and I were talking mm-hmm. about this this week. Yeah. When you look at what happened when Spurgeon and Robert Schindler uh, in the Sword and the Trowel were writing about the downgrade, um, I mean, the, the, one of the things that that were that was happening is you know the Puritan age had come to an end, um, and as far as the uh, ministers of the gospel were were seceding from the old Puritan, this is uh, this is this from the sword and the trowel, from the old Puritan godliness of life and the old Calvinistic form of doctrine, uh, th- they commonly became less earnest and less simple in their preaching, more speculative and less spiritual in the matter of their discourses, and dwelt more on the moral teachings of the New Testament than the great central truths of Revelation. Um, and, and and he said, Robert Schindler in writing that, he said, we're going downhill at breakneck speeds
2: Mm -hmm.
0: with that. And, and then what you ended up, what you see happening is, uh, socianism, uh, which that denies original sin and listen to this and questions Christ's deity. And, um, and, and the downward slide began slowly, he said, um, and that—that's why it's called the downgrade. They started abandoning Calvinism, and—and and let me just say there, you know, I saw—I uh, saw a comment on a YouTube video today uh, where somebody was saying Calvinists aren't real Christians because they believe in John Calvin and not Jesus Christ. And I'm like, ah, maybe you need to research that again. Um, so, but Calvinism—the whole point of Calvinism, by the way—and if you're hearing this, let me just let me just sum it up for you: it—that it, it, emphasizes God's sovereignty in salvation amongst other many theological sound truths that are found in scripture um but then you saw the ride rise um and the reason for this was arminianism and that in that in turn people started embracing arian theology which denies the full deity of christ hi bethel um and 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 look what happened People were abandoning the faith left and right. you had many unregenerate um, church members that Schindler called strangers to the work of renewing grace in churches. And so at best you had flocks of immature believers and at worst you had flocks of no believers at all.
2: Yeah Well, I mean, when you look at those those systems, those are all works based systems, right? whereas calvinism is a it's a god sovereignty based system. So if you're in a works based system and you're sal- ma- maintaining your salvation depends on what you do, well there comes a point where you're going to get frustrated and you're going to throw your hands up because you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, calvinism is just a biblical view of soteriology. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yep. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like we aren't following John Calvin. No. I believe John Calvin was a sinner. I believe he did bad things and I believe that he would have gone to hell if it was not for the grace Absolutely. of Jesus Christ just like all of us. That's right. Right? And he just decide he just made amongst a huge amount of other teachings which I think if he were alive today and he's like you you compiled all of my teachings down to five points. Like really guys, <laughs> come on. Like I talked a lot about a whole lot more than this, he did. right? He just put, he just, he just succinctly put some very helpful labels on biblical theology that is already in the Bible. That's mm-hmm. all Calvinism is.
2: Yep. That's right. Yep. That's right. So now, uh, <clears throat> our altar calls biblical. Oh,
0: you don't see an altar call anywhere in in the New Testament. You don't. No, you don't. Uh, now, I don't, now, yeah.
2: now. So, so, well, well, okay. Well, if if they're not biblical, mm-hmm. right? If they're not, if we don't see them in the early church, we don't see them anywhere until the nineteenth century.
1: Mm.
2: Why do people get so upset when churches don't have them? Because they're in the King James version of the Bible only. <laughs> oh, man. i don't know i'm kidding,
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> I, desk, I i mean desk. i'll take a st- yeah i'll take a stab at that i think it's because so many churches today and so many individuals um today are putting more stock into the emotional and the visible signs of what a healthy church is supposed to look like instead of what a healthy church actually is So we're looking at numbers. We're looking at numbers of conversions. We're looking at numbers of baptisms, and those are being used as the barometer of success and what a successful church or ministry looks like, instead of faithfulness to the gospel. Well, I'm also going to take a stab
0: at this, and uh, and right, we're just we're just three guys sitting around an internet table. We are. What do we know? Talking theology, (laughs) right? That's what we're doing. (laughs) Yep, we just we don't know diddly poo. As as Nick would say, we don't know a little bit about a little bit. We don't know diddly poo. "Quote unquote." I love you. Um, in some cases, I think uh, you know we've already outlined the fact that uh, you know when when Charles Finney uh, really started the invitation system in the eighteen twenties. Um, and the controversy that that created inside remaining reform circles, and the reason for that is because in the in most reform circles, you know, we hold to a high view, the highest view of the sovereignty of God and salvation. However, that's not very attractive, and that doesn't usually gather the numbers, as Jesus Himself said, and you know, uh, that wide is the path that leads to destruction, narrow is the gate that leads to life. So, so really, in a true Oh man, I'm going to go out on a ledge here, and and you know if, if you just believe in that, you just preach the word and watch the Lord add to your numbers daily. That could take some time, um, and I would venture to say there are some out there who elicit the emotional response because they know that people uh, will get hung up on that spiritual high. And again, quoting uh, Josh's uh, Josh's man, all of our man Spurgeon. Uh, you know, he said it it very often happens that the converts are born in the excitement that are born in the excitement will die when the excitement's over. Um, but in the midst of that excitement, people are going to come and people are going to give money. Yep. So, and, 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 and so for some, I'm not hear me and hear my heart. I'm not saying this is the truth for all or most. I'm just saying, I think in some circles it's, and, and Josh, you already said it, it's all about the numbers. But for some people, the reason that it's all about the numbers is because it's all about the cash. Um, it's for sword gain. Now, that may not be the case for, for most. And, and I wholeheartedly am not saying that. And I'm not questioning any, I'm not thinking of any one person in particular. I'm not calling anybody out. Um, I'm just saying that when we try to manufacture something that's not our job to manufacture, um, it's usually because of improper motives. Mm. So.
2: My stab at it is uh, I'm going to say that there are a lot of people that get hung up on tradition. It's something that they're used mm. to, that they grew up with, that they're comfortable with. And when that is not there, uh, they they tend to freak out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? People but, don't like change. Yeah, people don't like change. Uh and so when we hold to a tradition that's not based on Scripture, we'll, we'll end up uh, incorpor- bringing in—what We op- what we do is we open the door for false, other false doctrines to come in. We can, yeah. I mean,
0: if I can speak into that for a second, it's okay— mm-hmm. To have tr- some traditions that aren't in scripture as long sure. as we don't hold fast to it like it's a closed handed mm. issue where it's like you dogmatic. must have you this have to have this yeah. if you don't if you don't read from the king james Version, i mentioned earlier jesting but if you don't read the king james version of the bible you're going to hell I, I was at a conference once years ago in atlanta and and it was a christian men's conference and i'm walking in and there are people out front with signs that say that if you don't read the king james version of the bible you're going to hell just this week i saw a video on that twitter um uh twitter page uh, that i shared with you guys oh yeah where the ifb the, oh, yeah the <laughs> ifb Dude, that
1: is my new favorite twitter twitter did that, you, josh that did you see this guy amazing. who was burning bibles that weren't the king james version oh yeah well well yeah and he was in like he like he was encouraging children to yeah die. people dropped yeah. pages out of it He was like hey you want to help
0: me do that and they're picking it up yeah, and they're throwing it you want to help file. me do that all because there was oh. a verse in corinthians that says being saved or are saved i'm like hello literary uh, english were english language are and being it means this come on like look at the original greek look at the original language anyway but when you hold fast to something a tradition like that and that hard where you're white knuckling it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that that's where it becomes not okay Mm. so yeah but i i think you're yeah
2: nice so uh I think we've kind of covered just about everything you can on, uh, altar calls, uh, at least, at least in an hour. <laughs> yeah. Then let's wrap this up before we get ourselves in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, I might've already done it. So,
1: yeah, we blame Chris. Email Chris. Email Chris. Y- y'all don't know me. Y'all don't yeah. know where I am. Email <laughs> these two jokers. <laughs> I'm just the surrogate
2: host. That's right. a surrogate. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. not. I'm before, not. No, before he wanted billing. Now he's yeah. just the surrogate host. You know, it depends on what we're talking about. Okay, I reserve the right
1: to resend. Reserve the and- right.
2: Yeah, I do. I reserve the right. (laughs) I'm going to start writing contracts and making people
1: sign this. Yeah, (laughs) you are responsible, or at least I'm a third responsible.
2: Well, uh, since we've gone through, uh, talked a lot about uh, altar calls, uh, let's transition into our gospel segment. Uh, So, Josh, you've done it. You did the first one. I did the last one. Chris, I I believe you're up. I feel like you guys give me shade for it too. Like I got zero,
1: like I finished and it was silence. I felt <laughs> bad.
0: Well, yeah. um, and, and we, we've talked about it a lot. Well, yeah. 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 No, no, it was good, Josh. It was very good. And that was when we had, <laughs> that was when we had Brad on. So it was like, Hey, no pressure. Good man. cover. Good cover. No, yeah. No, no pressure. So, <laughs> oh man, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news. Um, The good news, the great news, the best news you will ever hear in your entire life that, Uh, God before the foundation of the world, the universe, everything as we know it, Um, this was his plan. This was plan A, uh, that when he created us because of Adam, because of Adam's sin uh, that has been passed down to us from the moment of conception and life and birth, we were sinners, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And because of our sin, all we deserve is uh the the death and eternal punishment of being separated from god uh in hell for all time Um, but as i said and it is so wonderful before the foundation of the world um, you uh christ jesus was was crucified live the life that we could never live in perfect obedience to the Father, never sinning, though he was tempted in every way, never sinned and died on the cross. And his death uh, is, is, is our, uh, so he, he, he died at our place for our sins. His righteousness was imputed to us. Our nature, our sin nature was imputed to him. Um, And because of that, and and when we confess, I read it earlier in Romans, when we believe in our hearts and confess Jesus, not just as our savior, but our Lord, we confess Christ as Lord. He has said, I will save you. Today is the day of salvation. If you are hearing us today, wherever you are, um, and you have never confessed Christ as Lord, you haven't believed in your heart and confessed him as Lord, do so now. Today is the day of salvation. Repent and believe on Christ while there is still time, uh, because the only thing that keeps us uh, at any moment from taking our last breath here and being before the Lord and either welcoming arms or judging arms, uh, is the restraining grace of our Lord. Um, and you definitely, uh, don't want to be on the, on the latter side of that. So, um, Mm -hmm. repent and believe. And if you're a believer, repent and believe, um, and, uh, and continue to set your mind on heavenly things, continue to mortify the deeds of the flesh, Uh, be killing your sin or it will trust me. Trust me. Trust me. It will be killing you. So.
2: Amen. Amen. Love it. Nice. Good job. Well, with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, you don't like Josh smoking a pipe during the episode. <laughs> You're gonna have to get over that because we quite enjoy it. Don't come <clears> forward. <throat> don't come forward if you have. To. <laughs> just, just stay where that's you right. are. Don't, yeah, that's right. Don't get out of your seat for that one. Don't. But uh, oh, if you have uh, prayer requests, reach out to us on your socials. We yeah. would love to pray for you as well. Yeah. Um, but with that, we're gonna sign off talking about altar calls. Until next time. This is matter of theology. I was trying to do my, my best golden molasses voice, and it worked. It's because you don't have <laughs> That's a pipe. Okay. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. See ya. <laughs> bye bye.